0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network.
1: So it's the start of the Premier League season. It's Everton against Fulham. Um and I'm delighted to be joined by one of my favorite people. And I don't just say that cuz you're sitting in front of me here, but Sammy James from the Fulhamish podcast um is going to talk to me all about Fulham. And again, this the side that I've got um I've got a real really soft spot for Fulham. Not just because of the manager and, and the amount of times that I've had so many arguments with fans saying that I actually think he's a good manager, given what he did at Everton and the way he was uh, dropped out when we lost 5 2 at Anfield. Um, but in terms of what he did last season, and I must say hello to you first, Sammy. How are you?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Dave. Thanks again for having me on and a few kind words about me and about Fulham. Yeah, um, yeah always, always good to be on, mate.
1: Yeah, so um, I-, I wanted to start by asking you the feelings towards Silver because last season I think personally speaking, other than other than Brighton, um, which I think was everybody's, most teams uh, second favourites in, in terms of what they went and done. Uh, a lot of talk about them today as well with, with players that they lose and how much money that they're getting and uh, everyone seems to adore um, their board and what they do and, and how they do things about it. Um, I've been really intrigued since Silver left and I've watched them quite closely um, seen a lot recently uh, about his future there. I was um, I was covering his, his press conference the other day actually, and he he's spoken. Um, he, he he interests me when he speaks, um, and he was there. was a lot of speculation about him. Is he going to move clubs? Saudi side of things as well. Um, with with when he was at Everton, it felt that way. That even if he was relatively successful, it always felt like he was on the verge of looking elsewhere. Does it feel that way to you? Do you feel a little bit? nervous about him and and first of all are are you happy with him and what he did last season
0: oh over the moon with him and then in answer to your last question yeah with silver he um keeps his cards very close to his chest and obviously Mm. this summer he's been subject to the saudi interest and it's kind of weird because i think he was never interested and like the money that was on the table and it was kind of reported that he's thinking about it but i think he knew like you just I think he knew that it wasn't the right move for him as a career. But what I think Silver did is he thought mm, I, I, deep down, I don't know, I don't know the man I'm, I'm slightly guessing yeah, yeah. here, but I think he never wanted to go, but I think he thought I might just give everyone the impression that I might. And I, mean, I think he wants to keep everyone on his toes because it's good for him. If he thinks that the fans suddenly are like, Oh God, we're going to lose Marco Silver, If yeah. Fulham think, Oh wait, hang on. We might lose him. And I think it gives him extra leverage in terms of the transfer market yeah. and maybe his own contract, which he is still not signed. There has definitely been one on the table all summer for him. But we've been told yeah. that by numerous sources that Marco was offered a contract at the end of last season. And Marco, and almost verbally agreed to it but mm-hmm. he's never signed it and i think that goes back to marco Silva and his old trait of he's always maybe looking two three steps yeah. ahead we know that like i think that sometimes you have to accept that certain managers aren't in love with your football club mm-hmm. that marco Silva is not going to be here for 10 years but I think Marcus Silva knows that he's got to get his next move right because he jumps too early at Watford and shouldn't have gone. He shouldn't have taken that Everton job like he no. just shouldn't He should have stuck with Watford. It was a poison chalice and he burnt a lot of his reputation by by doing that. But he's no doubt on the hunt for the next top eight job that comes around and is timed right and Mm. i think that's why he's not signed the contract so yeah i think there's always a little bit of like skepticism like come on marco sign the contract commit your life here we'll build you a statue
1: but (laughs) i think
0: he's always always on the hunt and as long as we accept that and we just get the best out of him and be prepared for when he eventually leaves then we'll then we'll be fine
1: you know i think i think that's spot on what you say about him because i I say to many friends and they, they raise their eyebrows when i say this but in in sort of my history as an Everton fan from when I was a little boy, um, I don't think I've adored an Everton manager quite as much as this guy. And I think that's a big statement to make since we had Ancelotti and the, the Moyes years where he, he sort of picked us up when we were really, really down and got us into a, a healthy position. Um, obviously, we've, we've gone all over the place and our head's fallen off in the last few years. But I think he's so he, he's quite adorable. I think um, he looks like he's so sad. About about himself, about everything around him. I've not seen him smile much, um, and I, I really did. I, I talked to him straight away when he came into Everton. I think the point you make there about Watford is um, is really interesting. It never looks like he's gone. The, the narrative he has seems to fall all over the place at times when it should really be quite calm. I think that refers to what you said there um, about just signing a contract. It, it does things don't have to be this chaotic. It, it just yeah. you, know, you can it can be simple, and then we can just like pick up from where we the, the stage we got to last season, which was really positive. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about him that, that interests me is the style of play that you're seeing from mm-hmm. how the team is. Um, because, again, it's obviously a reflection of his personality. With us, when he initially came in, it was like breath of fresh air. Um, the way in which he played, really attacking style. Uh, he, he was happy for the, the, the club to push on uh, in, in physically with the ball. I mean, really happy to press. Rather than the manners we've had in recent years, certainly with Sean Dice anyway, it's joke and cheese. He, he likes, he doesn't mind sitting back. He's happy for um, <laughs> our back line to stand on the on on the edge of our own box. With with Marco Silver, it was much more exciting. Um, it, it felt like very much of a thrill. Certainly in his in his first year, obviously, and then you know things went pear shaped towards the end. But um, do you get that feeling with him yourself? When what, what, the way in which the, the the players are around him, the way in which they play
0: yeah i mean i think that silver's style of football has been entertaining from from minute one he Mm. learned last year to adapt a little bit which is the mistake that the vc akanovich never made for us when he got promoted he was like Mm. cool we're gonna we we swashbuckled the championship we're gonna swashbuckle the premier league and it never works interesting (laughs) to see it and i'm fascinated from a burnley point of view to see if vincent company adapts his style of football as well because it's like you try and play that way in the premier league mate and you are in for a you're in for a shock yeah um he he adapted it last year but also still maintained attacking ethos and marco silva i always think The championship was so fascinating because there were so many games we could have just won two or three nil and Marcus Silva was never content with that. Mm. He was like, I want you to score six, seven, ten. I want you to break a record here. I want you to somehow get into triple figures if you can. He always wanted more goals. And you saw it at times last year where we did that. I think it was the game against Leicester where really we just needed a shut up shot when we went three nil up. Marcus Silva suddenly had got... um, got excited and thought maybe we could go for the cricket score here and it ended five three. <laughs> and you're like, okay, actually maybe uh by, by by chasing a cricket score, we actually made a game look much closer than it really was. We could yeah. have just been a bit more professional about it. But it's always I think he he's found a way of playing at Fulham. He's played different ways over his years, his Olympiacos days, his Esther yeah. days and stuff. But at Fulham he's fairly wedded to the four, two, three one. Doesn't really change it. Um and he has tried to change it a few times in the past where he's maybe dropped an attacking mid, put three defensive midfielders in, but it mm. never really works. He He's found a group of players that he likes, a, play, a system that he likes. And a lot of it's built around Mitrovic, which is why those rumors this summer of him leaving, hopefully he's not now um, were So worrying at the time, because you were like, God, he has built the whole thing around Mitrovic. I don't know what mm. he's going to do if he goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's entertaining. I go to Fulham games, excited. I go to Fulham ex- games, expecting goals, generally um, both at both ends. Um, So we, we've loved it. And Fulham is, is, we're not quite like Swansea or whatever, but we do demand nice, pretty on the eye, football we've always yeah. been one of those we've always been one of those clubs really and uh, I and you know I'd be fascinated to know what would ever happen if a dice kind of character ever turned up at Fulham yeah. he, would not be, he wouldn't be popular and in those times where we have kind of reverted to just win at all costs and ugly it, it's never gone amazingly mm. so yeah he suits Fulham like a glove and and we like the football but also you know it's it's pragmatic as well yeah. when it needs to be
1: it it feels what you've said there. He's much more educated in what the Premier League's about. You know the the reference that you made there to clubs coming up from the Championship and keeping the way in which, like you mentioned there, the way in which you play there. It's just never going to suit when you come up to the Premier League. You're going to have to take something completely different. You're going to get you're going to get whacked all over the place. Really, aren't you? Are going to get away from home? And there's going to be some big pounds you, you take from other teams. Um, Player wise, I, I think it's really interesting. What you mentioned there in terms of the system he plays, but also the individuals that you've got. You mentioned Mitrovic there. That that seemed like well, the two things that were really big issues for you were both Silver staying and him. Yeah. You you pe- people who don't look too deeply into Fulham would automatically just talk about him. And what impressed me last season, were the the way in which you got people around him, the way in which the ball was given to him, um, it, that's where it was exciting for me. The pace that you had. Playing down either side. Um, the William situation as well was another one that intrigued me um, because I was always expecting to see him turn up in a forest kit. It never quite happened or went through. What what What's your take on the way that happened? And obviously, with him still there, you, you're obviously content with that?
0: Yeah, delighted. I think we had to get William in. I think the problem was that William, the, the interesting thing with William is William's already said what he wants to do after life after football it's not to be a manager it's not to be a pundit it's to be an agent so he and it felt like he was like testing the waters on himself this (laughs) summer um and he knows that it's like his final kind of years in the sun and that he impressed last year and fulham you know that we got him on a snip last year because we took a punt on him really and it, it was it wasn't quite pay as you play but it wasn't much better um and this year he was like, no, I've got a value here, and I'm definitely a good player. And he wanted a two-year deal, and Fulham were like, yeah, we're not offering a 35-year-old a two-year deal. And then mm. he kind of played us off against Forest. But from from what we understand, he never really wanted to go to Forest. He's got lots of friends at Fulham. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a big Brazilian contingent now, and I think they all and Marco himself is Portuguese. So you've kind of got the Lusophone gang basically at yeah. Fulham now. And I think he was fairly content. I think he was just looking out for the best deal for himself. The weird one that I cannot put my head around is the fact that Saudi Arabian side Al Shabab, which is one of the non pif clubs um, suddenly offered him a contract massively. As soon as he'd signed for us, whereas you think and, and apparently William wanted to take it because apparently the money was so stupid. What I can't get my head around is why Al Shabab didn't offer him that a month earlier when yeah. he was a free agent. So that made no sense Strange, did they just yeah. did, did they only just discover him like did they only mm. just realize that he was available very odd um but yeah william's been great and and obviously the Mitrovic thing has run well done all summer i really thought he was gone like i wrote an article for Fulhamish called adios alexander yeah. um because it seemed for all the world that he was gone 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 and now you're like oh actually i think it's more likely to stay so it's been a really up and down summer at times the fan base has really like been tearing its hair out so on Twitter, particularly as yeah. every fan base does, but it's been one of those summers. It's been, I'm just, I'm just really glad there's football tomorrow. Day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And it? it's like, well, certainly in our situation, you finish the season. You're like, oh, I've been waiting so much to get three months without even thinking about Everton, but it, it, the opposite of that really, isn't it? You don't stop thinking about them when you've had the season like we have over the last three years or so. Yeah. Um, Plays you brought in. Um, what do you like? What you don't like? It's uh, particularly up front as well with the on the back of the Mitrovic situation that we've spoken about there. Um, Attacking-wise, are you content with what's happened there?
0: Yeah, I mean, we haven't really signed many players. We signed Raul Jimenez.
1: Interesting. Could you play a two with them? Could you play with two? I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought that's something that Silver would no, do. No,
0: I don't think Silver would. I think I, I maybe if we were desperate, if we were 1-0 down with yeah. 10 minutes to go, I think he might. And, and I think Raul's... A, the thing is with Raul is like, look, what didn't cost loads of money. Mm -hmm. Um, if you can get Raul towards the form that he was showing three or four years ago, then it's an absolute wonder signing. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't, then he's just decent backup. And we didn't really have enough backup to Mitrovic last year. Calvin Bassey has really impressed since since he arrived. Um, we don't know whether he's going to be the first choice because that's Tim Ream's spot at left center back. And he was one of our players of the year last year. He's obviously broken his arm. He's working his way back into fitness. He will start tomorrow, mm. but he's been really impressive in preseason and that's it. I mean, looks like we're about to sign Adama Traore out and Fulham love announcing a transfer out of nowhere. He's not been linked <laughs> one. I've not even seen his name once. And then suddenly Peter Rutzler, Fulham's athletic writer, just tweeted it at eleven o'clock today. Fulham are close to signing Adama Triore. You're like, what's the point in all these trip? there's no <laughs> point reading paper rumors when it comes to Fulham because uh, yeah. Jimenez came out of nowhere. Bassi was a little bit more like we'd heard about that one. Um, so I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy with Adama Traore. Yeah, I think our signings are okay. We do need a lot more though. We're always a de- we're a deadline day club. We we kind of have got to grips with that now i think the fan base for a while didn't like it but now i think everyone's accepted that it kind of works just means for the first few weeks you're kind of using who you've got and then come the 30th of august we will sign like three players it's just it's what we do now so we've kind of learned to live with it but it's been an adaptation for a lot of fans who get very (laughs) angsty that we're not making signings in june
1: yeah, yeah, I, I know that feeling, makers. we'll be standing there on uh, the first of September, just standing in front of the the training ground, thinking who's coming in in that particular car. Um, <laughs> more often than not, it seems like absolutely no, absolutely nobody <laughs> who comes our way. Um, I want to get your Everton views uh, before we finish. I mean, it's uh, it's something that I love asking everyone from another club yeah. about because uh, we must be just. The, the perfect club to just talk about in whatever respect you want, and it's generally not positive. Um, again, two two years on the spin, staying up just about kept our heads above water. This summer has made me personally feel feel worse given the lack of transfers that we make. We desperately, desperately need some players in most positions. Uh, I know we've signed a young Portuguese kid today, and uh, I'm not sure he's built to stand in the premiership straight away. Um, I think he's somebody that we're going to Dragging occasionally. Having said that, we have one striker and he's normally injured, so he might well get more chances. But what's your general take on on the way Everton are? It just
0: seems just seems chaotic, doesn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. Lurching from one type of manager to another to kind of go Ancelotti to to Lampard to Dyche mm. like, it just seems like we're gonna I mean the Dyche appointment made sense at the time it was the right move he kept you in the league and I kind of felt like he was always going to there was a moment last year where I was like oh my god you're on the slide and then I mean with the Brighton win no no one so I mean, I'll never forget we were doing a live show for Fulhamish and uh we just beaten Leicester you were then the next game against Brighton I remember being on stage and I just said by the way Everton are three and up at half time and it's Brighton and then the whole audience gasped i was like what (laughs) (laughs) how the hell has that happened yeah um and it kept you up really didn't it i mean after that it was kind of like yeah Mm. i think everton are gonna survive now and without that win i genuinely think it could have been curtains um i i think the only thing that i think for you guys this year is that the premier league seems like a basket case and it seems like there are actually worse run clubs for once than Mm. everton i don't think that's a great um, that's not
1: an asset at all is it <laughs> no
0: uh, but I think look, you look at already it feels like Sheffield United have just resigned themselves to relegation you don't lose mm-hmm. your two best players coming up from the championship when you weren't that impressive in the championship yeah. and survive like there's just no way Sheffield United can survive in my opinion Luton I actually think might bloody some noses this year and I think we'll make a good go of it but obviously they are weak Wolves are in absolute chaos yeah um and there are other clubs down the bottom you know west ham are in absolute turmoil Mm -hmm. and
1: so even though Damn they've got, they've got almost a billion to spend now. Given the place they, they've gone,
0: yeah, it's, it feels like maybe Everton will get away with it again. And now I am almost just resigned that Everton are unrelegatable. Like it feels like that now. <laughs> it just, it, you've, you've, you've come so close so many times that maybe we just have to accept that your place is just divine in this league, and you will always find a way to get out of it. Um, I, I think you've got some good players. I, I I, still, you know, really like, you know, some of defense, you know, I, I've i always been a bit of a Tarkovsky fan. I know that yeah. he had moments last year where he absolutely shat the bed, but um, yeah. you know, and, and Goodison on its night will always slip up some teams. And that's what I'm hoping doesn't happen to Fulham tomorrow. First yeah. game of the season, Evertonians all up for it. That's always a bit of a nightmare when you go into that s- scenario. But then again, last season, I think we went to Everton when you were on a half decent run and we were on a crap run and we were like, Oh no, Everton are going to be fighting for their lives. And we went there and yeah. it was, it was, it was like kids play for, yeah. for us that yeah, day. Yeah, so yeah. I'm hoping we can just achieve that again. We seem to have, we you know after never winning at Goodison, we've suddenly done it two, twice in a row just before yeah. we leave. Um, so, you know, hopefully we can make it three in a row. Um, but I'm, I'm honestly expecting maybe a draw and mm. and not many goals. I changed I actually did a, another Everton preview earlier this week where I said I think it'd be a bit of a goal fest. And actually, I've done a bit of my research, looked at your pre-season results, and I was like, maybe not so many goals. So, <laughs> may, <laughs> so I've I've gone full circle on that.
1: I think I think most fans, like yourself, said that I'd, I'd certainly take a draw. Uh, I think we could shake our hands right now and take a draw to open the season with. Um, because like you said, you've, you, you've been a side that's done us in the last couple of seasons. And then one that I'm, like I said, I'm very impressed with. Um, also, I think from what you said there earlier in, in this chat we've had about getting relegated and, come back and up, coming back up from the championship, it's something that many blues, which angers so many others, when they say, oh, the only way we're going to turn this around, you, you referenced there, just about staying up. At some point, you're going to get you're going to get bitten by that if you if you keep doing that if that and that feels like the anything we can do with the financial situations a massive crisis got the new stadium coming up which feels like at any point we're going to be in the championship when we start playing football there it's no positive and I hate I hate this reference personally but when someone says oh it' would work out better if Everton got relegated and then came back home you can start with a clean that term, clean slate and I'm like well if Everton go down there's no way I think they're ever going to come back up. Certainly not in the financial situation, are it? You've experienced this about going down and coming back up. Has that had any sort of positive impact? Uh, in, and maybe I've weathered that not so good. But no,
0: is, no, no. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I, I actually slightly disagree with you on that. I think look, I realised that like Everton's financial situation. Had you gone down last year, it would have been. You know, it would have been a fire sale. It would have been really, really hard. I think one thing that I, and I have particularly seen Evertonians say this, and I'm not trying to come on here all preachy and stuff like that. I think there's this element sometimes when people talk about the Championship, like it's some place that football goes to die. Yeah. And whilst yes, from a club perspective, the club would never want to go down. I do think, like as a fan. The fact that now, you know, I started supporting Fulham when we were a Premier League team. It was our first year in the Premier League that I actually got taken to a Fulham game when I was 10. So I knew Fulham in the Premier League for 13 years. And actually, many of those 13 years, aside from a couple of notable exceptions, was dross. We won two games away from home all year. We won a few home games uh, where we could, you know, beating one of the top six was like the best day of the year and kind of got used to that being football. And then suddenly we went down and look, actually one thing worse than being shit in the premier league is being shit in the championship and Fulham <laughs> very near Fulham very nearly went all the way through to league one. Yeah. Like we were so close twice, but actually some of the away days that I had in the championship and my experience in the championship as a fan, that, that elation of coming up and those elations, if you do have to go through the playoffs, but winning a semi, winning a winning a final at Wembley, is really, really good as a fan. And like, look, I can understand it would be catastrophic and I can understand that Everton is not full and you're a much bigger deal. You're a much bigger club. And it would be a big, you know, you would be a massive scalp and it would be um, a bit of a badge of shame for Everton to be in the second tier. However, I kind of just think as a fan, like, look, You're obviously not going to be like, woohoo, we're in the championship. But I also think like you have to embrace it. And if if it did happen, like you will enjoy it and you have great days out and you will remember how fun it is to support a team that wins, that goes away on a Saturday. Actually no one in the world massively cares if you beat Rotherham or not, but you care and you're there in the away end and you're having a wicked time. And that's the only thing I just think like I've done both. I'd rather be a premier league team, of course, but the championship years are some of the best years I've had supporting Fulham. And if the worst did happen, I'm not saying it will, then like there are massive upsides. There are massive silver linings to it as well, just from a fan experience as a club, obviously nightmare disaster, but you'll, you'll remember what it's like and how, why football's fun again, if you ever do go down.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that's really spot on. Uh, I think with, with fans, I think people just, People put pride ahead of anything else with Everton. Yeah. Um, like you've referred to there with, when you come to Goodison, it's like, oh, Goodison's always really hard. The cliches many people put with other clubs, and certainly they'll say it about their own club. With us going down like that, I completely agree with you. I think if we went down and you've got a load of different away grounds you, you've never been to, most people have never been to in their lives, and you go and have a decent day out there, and for whatever it's worth in terms of you going to a ground that you think, this isn't a Premier League ground, this is a bit of a shit shithole. You can go and embrace that. You can go and enjoy that. And I think you're spot on in terms of that's as a fan, taking some value about the, the, the game itself rather than look that you're in a Premier League team that can't really do much. You're mid-table at best most of the time. Mm. Um, the, the last success Everton ever had was when we had Martinez in 2013-14. Was when we just about missed out on fourth, even though we'd hit 72 points. I mean, that I was going to get a tattoo about that because it was so, it was such an amazing season, sadly. And you're right, I think that you get bogged down with results with teams around you, with as we are right now, staying in the Premier League. Um, so as, as much, I'll have so many people ripping me apart, because you mentioned this, you know, Sammy. (laughs) What are you doing, saying that you'd love to go into the championship? You've said it yourself perfectly. You don't actually want to go, but you need to see it as it is and and enjoy what it is in itself. Um, Yeah. And, yeah, mate, I just need, before we finish, I know you said draw already, you've sort of of said it already, but in terms of it, if it was a draw, um, you're willing to change that?
0: i might just change it i remember doing this show two seasons ago and it was three seasons ago but it was the lockdown season and um i said fulham to win 2-0 at goodison i remember coming on here saying 2-0 and got it spot on i remember there was a couple of listeners that got in touch being oh that fulham fan got it spot on um so i'm hoping i can do it again uh so i'm gonna say 2-1 no way we keep a clean sheet tomorrow just no way you will score just feel like we look suspect and i'll just a bit all over the place but I think we'll edge it just feel like maybe we'll have what happened in April in our minds and that we went there and it was a good day out we didn't have Mitch Fitch that day and we still won so I'm gonna say 2-1 I've got to be confident it wasn't that long ago since we played you we've kind of all got similar players so can't see why we can't go there and do it again also another quick factor is that we really need the win because our opening four we've got Brentford at home second which is a derby game and then we have City and Arsenal away before the international break so like we do need to get a win um tomorrow really because otherwise we could be on we could be going into the international break on zero wins which would be not fun for
1: anyone yeah I, I, the only thing I disagree with you there is because I could, I could see Fulham getting three points tomorrow um just given the situation with him right now and you know, when you start a season where you think I've got some real momentum, players we've signed, it just feels like times are right for this. I think we're a long way from that. I think typically we start seasons really slowly anyway, given the fact that we are where we are. I, I, I think Fulham Homes, that's a massive challenge, as much as many other fans wouldn't see that it is, the challenge that it is. Um, and obviously the, the silver effect and things like that, he, he'd relish coming to Everton and doing us over like he did last season. Um but yeah, mate, thanks so much for for having a chat. As always, it's an absolute pleasure to chat with you, and I'm sure we will more uh, across the season. To all of our fans listening to this, make sure you go and check out Sammy James's uh, material. What he does, the content that he does for Fulham, which is absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, mate, I hope we can talk again soon. I'm sure we will. And yeah. uh, Personal point of view, I hope Fulham have a great season and uh, we don't have to play it to keep three points to stay in the Premier
0: League. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we'll uh, we'll chat later in the season when you guys visit the Cottage.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.